Hi everyone. Hello. I I am Lindsay. I'm Maria. And this is Rumi's Reviewing the Movies. And tonight we are reviewing CB4. Yes. <laughs> and Maria has never seen CB4 before, so this is her first time. Yes. But um let's go on ahead and get into it. <clears throat> So, um, CB4, it is starring Chris Rock, also stars Alan Payne, um, Rachel True, uh, Candy Alexander, Phil Hartman, R.I.P., um, and um, also Charlie Murphy, R.I.P. as well. And basically what the story is about, um, it's a um, mockumentary or part mockumentary, part, you know, just regular story fiction. And it is chronicalizing the fake group CB4. And we have Chris Elliott as well. He is a documentary um, filmmaker, and he is making the documentary about the group CB4. So um, we start off with them already being um, an established group. And they're um, watching the beginning of their documentary. And um, it has a good beginning, but Chris Elliott's like, I need more. I need um, to, like, really know the true essence of CB4. I need to follow you guys around. And the group is not really with it. But um, I think it's more. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's super whack, but um, Chris Rock's character, which his name is Albert, he slash MC Gusto, <laughs> he will go on ahead and let Chris Elliott's character follow him around for that day. Yeah. So they get into the car. You know, this is the early 90s, so all the stereotypical gangster rap tropes are in the movie. Um, which is the juicy jerry, jerry curl, the baggy clothes, the um, beanie hat, the um, jeep, uh, gold tea, the gold tea, right, drinking the um, 40, bag. the gold chains. Yeah, like all the tropes are here. You name it, they have it in this movie. So um, they get into the car, <clears throat> excuse me, they get into um, the jeep or whatever, and they end up getting followed by these two guys in another Jeep. Um, MC Gusto knows who they are, um, but Chris Elliott's character doesn't know. So they are shooting at them. They're in this wild um, chase. They end up um, on the highway, and this is in L.A. So they're in traffic on the highway. So yeah, he's like, I know, I know one place he won't follow me. <laughs> and I was right, right. on the highway. <laughs> right. And he was absolutely right. So while they're in this ridiculous traffic that is going negative two miles an hour, <laughs> um, MC Gusto go- goes ahead and fills him in on the story behind CB4. 
So basically, story behind CB4 is is that they were three guys that were rappers. They come from different backgrounds, but they all came together to form this rap group. The rap group doesn't really know what their direction is. They just know they want to rap. So every week, um, they're they're out of low cash. California, presumably, but um, every week they would go to this open mic night and they would try different types of um, of um, rap styles. Gimmicks, really? Yeah, gim- right, exactly. They were straight gimmicks. They would try different ones every week to uh, try to figure out what will be their zhuzh. And they were bohemians one week. They were fat one week. They were... Uh, they wore shower caps another week. <laughs> oh, yeah, the bag heads. The bag heads, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so, yeah. So, this open mic night was um, at this bar, this club bar scene called Gusto's. And it was owned by this guy named Gusto. Now, Gusto is your resident gangster. He is somebody that you completely did not fool with at all. And that is played by Charlie Murphy. Mm-hmm. I didn't um, recognize him at first. Uh, yes. With those glasses and everything. Yes, right. Because he, yeah. he looked like a real gangster MC Hammer. Mm-hmm. He looked yes. like a super gangster MC Hammer. So, um, so, yeah, so they ended up getting into it with Gusto to where Gusto ended up putting them out of the bar. So, it was mainly... Um, what's his name? It was mainly Albert's issue that the reason why they got kicked out. So they was like, okay, well, Albert, you're going to have to go and apologize to him. So the next day he goes to the, to the bar and he, his whole premise is so that he could apologize so they can come back and do the open mic night every week. Well, because, excuse me, he ends up walking into a major drug bust. Gusto was in the middle of a drug deal and there were cops all over the place watching him. So he walks in to apologize. Next thing you know, the cops come in and raid the joint. So mm-hmm. because I mean, they, they are like in, directly behind him. <laughs> yes. Yes. It was like they was just waiting for somebody to open the door. So because the cops came in at the same time that Albert came in, Gusto believes that Albert was part of the setup. Mm-hmm. So he's like, you're a dead man. Yeah, because he Come did to talk find- to one of the cops before it happened, but he didn't know the guy was a cop. And the right. guy had only asked him, like, what time is it? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, um, so like, his right-hand man had saw him um, when the cop asked him what the time was. So that's how he ended up putting two and two together. So, come to find out, Gus, um, Gusto is going away to jail for a really long time. So, because of this, Albert has the bright idea to turn into gangster rappers. And they will take on the whole persona of Gusto. And Albert himself will be MC Gusto. So they go through this whole montage of them turning into CB4. CB4 is actually um, the cell block 
number that Gusto was put in. So that's where the name CB4 came from. Mm-hmm. Cell block four. So they um go through this whole montage of them turning into CB4 uh and them doing the um the song. They had a song called Straight Out of Low Cash. Right. Uh that was um very similar to Straight Out of Compton. <laughs> um CB4 yeah, like in real life. Yeah. Right, CB4 is in real life pretty much mimicking uh, NWA. So yeah, so we make a cameo appearance in the film. Yes, um, yeah, it was Easy E and Ice Cube. They weren't together; they were separate, but they do make Easy E, Ice Cube, Ice T, Ice T, Holly Berry, Shad. And the butthole uh, surfers for some reason. Yeah. And I, I still to this day don't know who they are, but I know they're <laughs> famous. So, um, so yeah, so they go through this whole persona or whatnot. Um, while they before um before the incident happened with them getting into it with Gusto, there was a record exec that was just a real sleazy record exec that would frequent um Gusto's and he told them that once they figure out their gimmick to give them a call so now that they figured out the gimmick they went on ahead and gave him a call his name is trust us with trust us productions (laughs) (laughs) so trust us ends up signing them so now they're on the um speed way to stardom and they're um having all these hit songs they're traveling the country. Uh, white folks are absolutely loving them. While, yeah. Meanwhile, while all this is going on, there is a local election that's going on, and that's where Phil Hartman's character comes in. Phil Hartman's character needs a um, something to attack in his uh, campaign. Right. Well, his son is a really huge CB4 fan. His son yeah, they had probably, a little boy saying the N-word and everything. I was like, whoa. Yes, yes they <laughs> went there. <laughs> they went there. But it is um, mimicking white suburban kids. Because let's yeah. just be real. White suburban kids say the N-word. They don't think it's that big of a deal. They say it in their music. So that's what this white suburban kid did. And this kid probably at best was 10 years old. But he's singing the song lyric by lyric. So every single word, every single word, um, like he has the clothes, the hats, the wallpaper, the sheets, everything, everything decked out in CB4. So with, um, with this little boy, you know, trying to get his dad's attention because the song, the video then came on TV and he wants to show his dad the video. You know, he's real happy that his, his favorite group is on TV his dad gets the bright idea that he can use this as um, as something to go against in his campaign. Mm-hmm. So the dangers of gangster rap. Exactly. How it's corrupting the youth, you know. Right, right, because we have to save them because they're so delicate, you know. So um, with all this going on and whatnot, we uh, – we see them touring and what have you. Then they come to the area where Phil Hartman's character is um, campaigning. Mm-hmm. 
So Phil Hartman's character is a part of this um, commission for the decency of, mm-hmm. I, I forgot what, but a better life, I guess. Yeah, very and, much like a parody on the whole Tipper Gore exactly. uh, thing. And she got all right. set up. Exactly. Right, her and C. Dolores Tucker. And so he confronts the group right before they go on stage. And he tells them that they can't do certain things. And he confronts them with the police. So he tells them that they can't do certain things. One of the things they cannot do is sing a song that's called Sweat. Sweat from my balls. (laughs) And so... Which that is um, mimicking NWA because NWA had a song called Fuck the Police, which they were um, touring around the country singing. And then they did go into certain areas where they told them that they couldn't sing that song. So, right. Yeah. So let's see. What the heck y'all got going on with the headsets? Uh, Glenn, don't be a hater all your life. Yeah. (laughs) so yeah so they can't sing sweat from my balls right so what does cb4 do they get on stage and they start singing a song of course they're getting through the first verse because the people that told them not to sing it don't know their songs so yeah so they're getting through the song then next thing you know they sing the chorus and it's sweat from my balls you know so with them singing that they got these big gigantic balloons that are falling down (laughs) they're falling down from the ceiling they're big old black balls that they're just you know bouncing around through the whole through the whole arena or whatnot so phil hartman and the police really acknowledge the fact that they're singing sweat from my balls now so now they go on stage and arrest everybody so they get arrested which was that scene is like a classic scene or whatnot so (laughs) next thing you know (laughs) so next thing you know um gusto breaks out of jail with Gusto breaking out of jail um, because he's watched them on TV. Now he's pissed off because they didn't stole his whole persona. So he figures out a way to break out of jail. With him breaking out of jail, he's like, he's coming after them. So he comes after Albert first. He kidnaps Albert, makes him rob a store, and then he keeps saying their name. Keep saying, this is CB4, this is CB4. Tell everybody that CB4, you robbed y'all. And on top of that, they had on ski masks. He lifts up Albert's ski mask into the surveillance camera and, you know, tells him, I mean, he like just pretty much exposes him. So, no mistaken. And the thing right. is, like, this, the cast from CB4, like, none of them grew up, like, in the hood doing that stuff. Like, Right. They were all pretty middle class. Uh, what's this? Alan Payne who plays Dead Mike was like wearing a Howard University sweatshirt and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know that was the style back then. Like they wore yeah. all that HBCU attire, whether they went to one do one credit hour of college or at all or not. Mm-hmm. You know. So, so yeah. So 
they go through this whole um, thing with Gusto telling Albert, hey, if you um, if you don't break up the group, I'm coming for you and I'm going to kill you. So Albert got to figure out a way to break up the group. So he takes the group out to breakfast and he just start go starts going in on them on what they're lacking within the group or whatnot, which is extremely petty. He's doing it with a purpose. They don't know his purpose yet. So um, Glenn says, thanks, OG Bill, for the HBCU love. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, yeah, so the group breaks up, right? So with the group breaking up, everybody goes solo. Well, Albert doesn't go solo, but uh, Dead Mike goes solo. And then Mike is going through this journey of um, being pretty much a hotep. Yeah, and that's kind of like he's kind of like uh, he's been like uh seeing this guy around he's supposed to be like a doctorate of African studies or something and he's selling his book you know whatever trying mm-hmm. to teach folks about you know the, the diaspora and whatnot and right then like gets deeper and deeper and deeper into it to the point where he just goes full-blown hotel right right yeah because because his name was Baba Ak and he wants to build a vault to go back to Africa. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But it's kind of um, parallel to what Ice Cube was kind of going through. Because, you know, mm-hmm. after Ice Cube left NWA, he turned Muslim. He was rolling with um, Public Enemy. You know, they produced his first album. So, it was kind of parallel, but on an extreme level. So, yeah. um, so, with, so, with that, Mike, he puts out a song. And it's called I'm Black, y'all. And I saw on your tweet that you that's how you found out where that gift came from. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so it's it's a song where he just basically saying, I'm black, y'all, through the whole song. Yeah. And every black means something different. So <laughs> <laughs> so um Stab Master Arson, who was the DJ. He puts out um, a song, and um, it's just him pretty much just DJing through the song. And he, he has a whole thing where he's just, like, really into explicit um, explicit women. So they're, yeah. like, basically, like, he likes the booty magazines and stuff like that. So he, with his video, he got nothing but girls that he's, like, catering to with his um, mm-hmm. mixing and stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So then Glenn says, yeah. I'm black, and you black, and I'm black, y'all. <laughs> yeah, and I'm back because I'm black. That's great. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, so next thing you know, um, the next person that Gusto goes after is Trust Us. So with Trust Us, he um, catches him out to eat. So when he catches him out to eat, before he could shoot him, Trust us, chokes on his food. So he's while so he's scared, he's so right, scared. He's so scared. He just chokes while he's trying to gasp for air and get help. The people in the restaurant are trying to help him, but nobody officially knows how to do the Heimlich. So, At all, they're just doing yeah. all of the wrong things. Everything like, is wrong. Really that much of a mystery. Yes, everything is wrong. They're doing everything wrong. So next thing you know, trust us, guys. R.I.P. to trust us. 
So, <laughs> so, excuse me. They have Trusta's funeral. And um, they have him in the coffin on his cell phone. Yes, they have him. In, and the cell phone rings. The cell phone rings. Somebody is still trying to call him in the afterlife. So they uh they have the funeral, everybody's coming up to him, you know, doing what they do when they go up to caskets, except for one of his um signees, which was this guy named Wacky D. Wacky D yeah. is reminiscent to the uh Kane's Touch This era of MC Hammer. Yeah. So he and, uh, he played in another movie as well, didn't he? Who do you say? Pootie Sang. Yes. He's the lead in Pootie Sang. And then he was also on the Chris Rock show. He used to do skits and stuff. Well, he did Pootie Sang on the Chris Rock show. So, yeah. Um, so the guy, he goes up to the casket and he's like, yeah, you're not going to go into the afterlife without giving me my money. And he starts beating up trust us in the casket. Yes. So, yeah, gave him a black eye and everything. So, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> He said he wanted his money. I don't know how he's gonna get it out of a dead man, but you know, at all. <laughs> so yeah. So at the funeral, um, all three of CB4 shows up. Um, then at the funeral is when um, Albert confronts the guys. You know, just letting them know. You know, hey, this is what. This is what the deal was or whatever, you know. I feel like we should try to get the group back together. Mm-hmm. So um, they're down for it. But they was like, we, we're not going to be on that Fugazi stuff. Um, we got we got to do it for real this time. Right. Um, in the meantime, they didn't found Gusto. And Gusto went back to jail. So they're free and the clear to do whatever now. Because they don't have that lingering over their head. And so... They end up um, getting back together, and that was the end of the movie. Well, no, Candy Alexander, right? Yeah, forgot all about her character. So, um, I forget. Yep, you're absolutely right. So, Candy Alexander, she is, um, I guess she would be what Black China was a few years ago, you know, because it was rumored that Black China was like, um. She was like an employee of the record label and she would get with men for the look back when Mm. she was like going through different boyfriends and stuff. So Candy Alexander was kind of like that type of character. She would be um, good arm candy, but she was smart about it, you know, because she was taking pictures of men um, in compromising positions and whatnot. And she was just, you know, using the men to her advantage. Photo album. <laughs> yes, a whole Polaroid photo album of really? men in compromising positions. So just in case they wanted to jump stupid, she had evidence of them doing this, that, and the third. So she uh obviously was an employee of Trust Us Productions. She <laughs> she ended up um there's a scene where she ended up uh smashing both MC Gusto and Dead Mike. Mm-hmm. Which was a hilarious scene, but um, the way at that one they, point uh, MC Gusto switched out for a dumb, an obvious dummy, dummy. Right. <laughs> right? And then so, also, like she has body doubles in the movie that are clearly not her. 
like very clearly not her. Yeah, she did have a couple, but you know what I also found out, which is so funny, I've been watching this movie for 30 years, but I just found out recently that she's a choreographer as well. So oh, some, cause, wow. yeah, because I was just like, was she really doing those splits? But I believe she was, oh, yeah, because yeah, she's a dancer. So yeah, but um, yeah. So they use candy to get Gusto because we we need him to go back to jail before we can, you know, be able to roam freely around the country. Right. So we all knew that Gusto was sweet on candy. So candy, and she would never give him a chance. Never give him no play. So what Candy did was she called him to give him some play and she had him uh, come meet her at a hotel and they had dinner. And then after dinner, they were supposed to um, have a nightcap. So so she's like, okay, I got to go slip into something more comfortable. She goes in to the bathroom and we have a whole montage of Gusto getting ready because he thinks he's going to get some sex. So, you know get the exercise bike in the hotel room. Yes, yes, right. He was getting together. He was stretching. <laughs> he was doing jumping jacks. He was doing everything. So, we uh, we see all the. She asked for all the lights to go down, and yeah. then she comes out of the bathroom, and she tells she gives some instructions on what to do. She like tells him to get on all fours, tells him to crawl over, all types of stuff. So, once she gets him in a position to take a picture of him, like how she does everybody, this is a known fact. This is not no secret or nothing like that. Mm-hmm. So, she uh she takes the picture. Soon as she takes the picture, he gets blinded by the light. Once he comes to, he realizes that it's not Candy. It's actually Albert dressed like Candy, with yes. complete with wig and lingerie. So and full face of makeup. The whole nine. So once he realizes that, he's pissed off or whatever. So now he's reaching for his gun. So with him reaching for his gun, Albert drew first, shot the um, the pillow that Gusto had uh, put his gun under. And so when that happened or whatever, that's when the police come in. They arrest Gusto and take him away. Mm-hmm. And that's how Gusto went back to jail. So now they're free to roam about the country as CB4, but not the gangster rapper CB4. No. And, and that's the movie. Yeah, they got a different spin. Then there's a part where uh, Albert dressed as uh, Candy's character almost kisses Stabmaster Arson. And I was yes. like, Arson? But the whole time in the movie, um, Dan Mike's been calling them cousins. So I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> what is happening? Yeah. I don't, I'm not necessarily sure if they were actually cousins, but I know that's what he called people. Right. Cousin. It was confusing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's just what it's saying. There's an end credit scene with Isaac Hayes and Chris Rock as well. And I saw you tweet that, but I didn't, all this whole time, I did not know about that scene. Yeah, you got to make it through all the credits. Because yeah. I, I, I was looking at the cast list and I saw Isaac Hayes on there, but I was like, I don't see him in the movie at all. So I was just letting the credits roll and it popped up. So yeah, you got to go back and see that movie again. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm going to have to go back and look at that scene. Because I saw you tweet that and I was like, 
Isaac Hayes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. But um, but yeah, so um yeah, that is uh CB4. It is a cult classic. It um it's been a part of my childhood. I probably was too young to be watching it, but nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, because it came out in 1993, so that would be like nine yeah. going on ten. Right, 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 right. So yeah. I was I was too young to watch it, but I watched it numerous times and loved every bit of it. Um how did you feel about the movie since it's your first time? Did you know anything um, I- prior to us coming up with no i'd never heard of c before ever so i had no idea what was it what was what it was about or anything like that um i watched the trailer before watching the movie just i mean right before watching the movie just to get a clue but i had Mm -hmm. never heard of it wow wow that's wild that's wild because it was like a big deal it was a big deal well, it was a big deal in my life, I should say. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what that says about my life, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, so CB4 um had the budget of six million and made seventeen point nine million dollars to the box office. Oh okay, so it was a hit. Are you there? Hey, Mike. All right. So Mike says, an episode of A D- Different World, the homecoming dance-off episode. Candy Alexander was in an episode dancing against the Hillman ladies. Fun fact, she was a choreographer, choreographer for Whitney Houston. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's I've cool. always liked her as an actress. So that's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Right, right. Um, I know she was mainly on, um, or a lot of people mainly know her from CSI Miami. Mm-hmm. So, she was also in Treme. Yeah, I did. I didn't want yeah. Oh, so good. Was it? Yeah, yeah. she's an actress though. But this is where I I first saw her was CB4. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but um. <clears throat> But yeah, but I'm I'm glad that you were able to see it for the first time. That was cool. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, what I, I like it. about uh, about this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what I like about this is like because there's some movies that you have suggested that I have never seen or never even heard of, and then there's some movies that I suggest that you've never heard of, you know, or never seen. Yeah, you know. So yeah. But um, what? Uh, let's see. Can you see this movie being remade in present time? Um, I can see the concept being done, but probably not this specific movie, right? Because music has changed in a lot of ways. So I can see like the whole like mockumentary still being done with like a different mm-hmm. kind of group, a different style of music, or whatever. Um. It probably, you know, just not gangster rap because gangster rap is not like the thing anymore. Could you see it like being done with like a group like the Migos? Yeah, I can see that for sure. 
Yeah. Especially with the way they, their very distinctive style of dress and everything. Yeah, I can see that. Mm -hmm. Yes, that would probably be hilarious. Now, um, one thing that Chris Rock has talked about was them doing um, a sequel to CB4. Yeah, um, I'm surprised they didn't. Time. Yeah, he said that they they've tossed around ideas about it, um, but just nothing has come into fruition. Mm -hmm. And um, oh, and then they had that scene where they were talking about the hip hop retirement home. Yeah, um, <laughs> he, he still had his Jericho wig with the gray streaks in it. Yes, yes, but they kicked around. He said they kicked around an idea because you know back then it wasn't really old people that were rappers. So he kicked right. around the idea uh, of if they were to do a sequel of the rappers being older. Yeah, that would be a good idea. But um, I think the last time he's probably talked about it was about eight to 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Talked about it publicly, you know? So, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I can, I, I can I definitely, definitely see, see it being a Yeah, being probably even like reimagined as a television show. Because mockumentaries are more popular on television, right? Because you mm -hmm. have uh, The Office, right? And then you have other, sh uh, what was it, Abbott Elementary is shot in the same way. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I could definitely see that like being a TV show, like a sitcom. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see that as well. And I think it would be successful as well. And then if they yeah. put it on a channel where they can cuss, <laughs> I can see that being good as well, too. So, yeah. Um. Let's see. I would say, um, far as like, why was the movie chosen? Like, this was a big movie in my childhood. Um, so I've You're always running around quoting it. Okay. Yes, and it's so funny because <laughs> a couple of days ago, I put on, uh, I put on Facebook. All I said was straight out of low cash. That was it. That was the post. And Glenn, who is watching right now, he he commented on it, and he said, "Crazy motherfucker named Gusto." And then my friend Sharonda, she comments on it, and she says, "I fucked your wife because the bitch is a big hoe." Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> so then her daughter, which is my goddaughter, she comments on it. And she says, uh, when I'm in your area, you better dig a moat. And she's 15. Wow. And we was like, so I didn't see it when she initially posted it. But Sharonda mm -hmm. called me because they was actually going back and forth because she had commented on her post first before she put up the lyric. And mm -hmm. so she, she called me and was just like, I'm going to have to stop commenting on your stuff because... She's on here <laughs> going back and forth. <laughs> and so when I saw it, I saw that she had put up the lyric also. And I was like, you didn't see her other post. She put up this lyric too. And so when when she saw it, we both was like, how does she know this song? So then when I saw her over the weekend, I asked her, I was like, how do you know the song? Like, did you look up the lyrics? And she was like, no, it's on TikTok. And I'm like, it's oh, on wow. TikTok. What? Yes. She said that song is on TikTok. And I was wow. like, okay. wow. Yeah. I was I told her that she had to show me, but we didn't get a chance to uh have her pull it yeah, up. I'll but yeah. That up. 
Yeah, she's that song is on TikTok. So wow. wow. So yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, so it's it's still we're still getting the impact from it to this day, mm-hmm. almost mm-hmm. thirty years later. You know. So um, do you have any big takeaways from the movie? Uh, mostly just knowing where that gift comes from, but also just like uh, like the stuff that was happening in the background, like when they're t- when uh, Albert's telling the story to the documentarian, like there are people passing them or beside them, right? And there was one scene where this guy's like got a head full of rollers and is drinking a cocktail, like out of an actual cocktail <laughs> glass. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Having a full cocktail on the highway. Right. You know, that's have a some whole, headbangers come through. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's a whole um, sub scene in itself. The people that are in traffic with him. Like, mm-hmm. if you see those people, that is hilarious. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah. Um, I would say the biggest takeaway for me, for me, is probably the songs. Because mm-hmm. the songs were hilarious. Yeah. So, Which uh, one's your favorite? Uh, probably I'm Black, y'all. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, probably I'm Black, y'all. But, um, but they're, but they're hilarious like the straight out of low cash what he was saying in that song is hilarious and then sweat from my balls i mean that speaks for itself you know (laughs) but but i mean you can always apply i'm black y'all to anything yeah so i mean that's why that one has been so popular even now you know Mm -hmm. um and then a friend of mine i was telling i was going to watch this movie and they were saying, oh, yeah, they used to play that song on the radio, like, actually. It's a play on Black yeah. Y'all? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's hilarious. That is hilarious. So, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, we was at elementary school singing this song. Like, Wow. <laughs> don't, don't judge me. But, yeah. I'm not. But, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, we definitely sung straight out of low cash in elementary school. Definitely. So, I like, figure that's better than singing for the police, you know? Hey, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, all right. So, we have our um, rating system. We have one movie reel, trash AF, two, it exists, three, entertaining, four, great, five, a true classic. So what say you, Maria? For me, it's going to be three. It was entertaining. Um, Like, it was very amusing. And, like, some of the stuff was really funny. But I didn't laugh out loud that much for me. And a lot of it, of course, is, like, very 1993. But Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it. It was entertaining. Yeah. Um, I would probably give it... um, uh, probably a four. Yeah. Definitely a four. Yeah. Yeah. You know, part of it is for nostalgic reasons or whatever, but <coughs> excuse me. It, I felt like it was it was it was shot very well. It was a great thought out plan. Um definitely um leaned into all the tropes that you would get from gangster rap. You know what I'm saying? And um they did do a great job with the songs 
with the um, performing, you know, they told her story. The story was uh, was engaging, entertaining. So I think it was I think it was well rounded, you know. And I, I think they were gonna do more with the uh, Phil Hartman character because mm-hmm. that, that storyline just kind of like died off. I was like, oh, okay. yeah, I like, yeah. Um, they were gonna yeah, go into like a, a fight the power kind of thing with uh with his character, you know. Yeah. Um but with it being more towards NWA than public enemy, I can see yeah. why they chose to just let that die off because that was just a moment instead of like the main focus of mm-hmm. you know, you know what I'm saying? Because like if it was public yeah. enemy that were mocking then i can see it being a bigger character than what it was you know but um but yeah i think out of like if we if we make a list of all the chris rock movies that he was like a lead in i think this is up there up there with one of the tops oh i think uh the one that i liked the most was the one where he was running for president oh head of state yeah. Yeah, that one was really good too. That one was really good. Um but I'm partial to C B four. I maybe that may yeah, be my one. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. If I had definitely seen this when I was younger, I would definitely feel the same way. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So so yeah, so that is our review on C B four. So what are we doing next week, Maria? So I was going back over the 80s list, the 80s movies list that we had looked at uh, a few weeks ago. And mm-hmm. I noticed you had not seen uh-huh. Top Gun. Uh-huh. Top okay. Gun 1996. Say that again. I noticed you had not seen Top Gun. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're not, and you know what's so funny? Probably like a month ago, I saw Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, so you guys see the first one. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm down. Top Gun it is. Yes, it is on Amazon Prime. Okay. All right. So you can see it there. So Top Gun 1986. All right. I'll be so I am down what, for what, that. What themes you pick up in that movie. Right, right. And seeing them out of order. For sure. You know. Oh. Mm-hmm. All right. So where can we find you? Uh you can find me online. Uh, yes, you can find me online. Okay. Um, uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at Valor More Dollars. That's V-A-L-A-R-M-O-R Dollars. I'm also on another podcast with five other black ladies where we talk about geek stuff called Nerdgasm Noir. So you can find me there too. Where can they find you, Lindsay? So you can find me everywhere at L underscore Rennell. That's L underscore R-A-N-E-L-L-E. Um, I also have another podcast as well called The Ish We Talk. Um, we just talk about various topics that go on throughout the week. Um, this past episode, we kind of uh, dove a little bit into the whole Krishan Blueface situation which is mm-hmm. a sad situation when you think about it for mm-hmm. real. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. So right. that was one of the topics. Yeah. 
All right. So that was episode was it episode 13. I think so. Yeah, we're getting up there. Yeah. Yes. Episode 13. All right. Getting up there. So we will see.